0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Mature Audiences Mayhem. My name is Glenn King, and it is my distinct honor to bring you this podcast where we talk about the things that other podcasts either will not or cannot talk about, things that are intended for mature audiences only. And before I introduce my special guest, I'm going to tell you a little story real quickly. A few months ago, a friend contacted me and said, hey, there's a wrestler that you need to check out. You're going to love her. Her name is Scarlett Bordeaux. And I did. I looked her up and said, my God, I need to go see this person as quickly as possible. And I looked at her Twitter and it said she was going to be doing a show right here in Vegas where I live uh, in a few days. So I bought a ticket online and went down to this place. Now I've been to a few indie shows in the past and the ones that I went to had like 30 people sort of standing around. So I was picturing that future stars of wrestling would work like I would go there by myself, just kind of hang out by the refreshments table and watch the show and then maybe leave after the Scarlet Bordeaux match. But when I got there, I was blown away. It was not a 40 people around a little table, it was an incredible crowd of hundreds of people, packed, over. the seats were overflowing. When I walked in, there was not even a single seat available in general admission. I had to go back outside and ask the guy in charge if I could upgrade. And then when I did, I, got, I found there was really only one seat left in the place, and it was, um, it was right next to the ring bell. So it was a good thing I was there by myself, because I don't think I could have found two seats. But I sat down next to the ring bell, and then people kept turning around to me and going, uh, you got this? You got this? And I, I, I go, I, I thought... Usually I we know. charge
1: extra for that.
0: Do so. you really? <laughs> I kept thinking to myself, like, what is wrong with these people? Do they think I'm not capable of watching a wrestling show? So then, of course, the referee turns around and says, Ring the bell, ring the bell. And somebody else on the other side of me grabbed it and grabbed it from me and went, Idiot, and started ringing the bell. But what I want to get across here is that the show was amazing. There was passion, there was intensity, there were fans that were absolutely. Uh, having a great time enjoying themselves. Everyone was chanting along with the wrestlers. The energy in there was unbelievable. It was really one of the most fun nights I've had in a long time. If you go to their website, futurestarsofwrestling.com, you'll actually see me in a little video clip because John Moxley, whom you may know as Dean Ambrose, came out at the end of the match and, or end of the night and challenged Killer Cross. When he came out, uh, so like 25 seconds into this video clip, you can see me with my phone. Anyway, so I wanted to interview the guy who made all of this possible and who is in charge of all this, and that guy is a legend in the city of Las Vegas. Wow. He's a legend, legend. in wrestling. Wow. Oh, definitely a legend. I looked you up. Didn't you are, I even give you the even? Didn't I even make sure I got you the seat? You did make yes. sure I got a great seat. So this guy go. He did not know me at the time, but he went to the trouble of making sure I had a good seat. He's known as the Vince McMahon of Vegas.
1: Wow. He's the great Joe DeFalco. Joe yes. DeFalco. Oh. There you go. A little round of applause for him. That's why I figured I'd come on the show and give you the rub tonight. Thank you, know? you very saying, much. Yeah, help your podcast out a little I bit. I appreciate so. it. He's the kind of guy that I am. Yeah. Well,
0: you're really coming through for me here. You're helping elevate us. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Absolutely. How did this whole thing come about?
1: Well, I've told this story... Thousands of times. Yeah. I first started being a wrestling fan as a young kid. My grandmother used to, we used to watch it on the Spanish channel from the Olympic Auditorium when I was like eight years old. And where is this? Where'd you grow up? I grew up in New York City. Okay. And there would be the Lucha Libre show on Cuarenta y Siete, which was channel 47. My grandmother was Spanish. Right. And she barely spoke any English. But I knew the food terms and I knew the wrestling terms. And we would watch it. And Jimmy Lennon Sr. was the announcer, and Terry Funk, and Chavo Guerrero, which was senior, not junior. Yeah. So this has had to be probably about 1974. And I also watched wrestling on Midnight and WOR, and Bruno Sammartino was the guy, and Stan Hansen, and I remember, you know, the show at Shea Stadium with Andre the Giant and Muhammad Ali against Antonio Inoki, which was the worst thing ever. Yeah. But time progressed. I moved out to Vegas. And I decided, you know what? I want to do a wrestling radio show. And I probably started that maybe 98-ish. And there was a local wrestling guy in town named Buffalo Jim. And Buffalo Jim started independent wrestling. And it had gone on years earlier where they had some really good shows at the Silver Nugget. And they had early Rob Van Dam, but they would also bring in Mick Foley and Sabu, who had a classic match that's on YouTube, that they went up the stairs of the Silver Nugget. The Gaming Commission went crazy because Mick Foley pile-drove Sabu through a live blackjack table. And you know how oh, no. the Gaming yeah. Commission would be. Right. They're probably worse now, but this was probably in the, in, you know, the mid to late 80s. And as time progressed, I did the wrestling radio show. I got some connections with WWE. I was supposed to have D'Lo Brown, who, funny enough, is one of our trainers now. He was supposed to be my first guest. I was out shopping or whatever, ready to do my first interview, because I did college radio and all the other stuff. But this was my first, the wrestling zone on KLAV. And I was out, came home before I was going to the station. And the guy from WWF at the time calls me up. He's like, hey, Joe, we got some bad news for you. Uh, D'Lo's not going to be able to make it, but we have The Rock instead. <laughs> and I'm like, well, where's the bad news in that one? So I got to do my, which was, was, it was great, but it wasn't great because how many people knew about my show, like on your podcast? The very first one is a struggle because nobody really knows about it. It takes time to build. Yeah. But of course, I'm not going to turn down the opportunity. Uh, did the interview with The Rock. The show went on for a few years. Uh, the Buffalo Gym guy did a show over at the Orleans. Yeah. And he drew about a 1,000 people. And by the third show, he had about 100 people. Yeah. Because he used a lot of kids that weren't ready to wrestle and different things like that. So I decided, hey, you know what? Wrestling got deregulated, which was always the big issue, to where you'd have to pay a paramedic and to an ambulance on duty. So to run a small school show... You're like 2500 in the hole before you're even paying the talent. You can't yeah. make that money back. Yeah. But since they deregulated, thanks to the UFC, because they were making so much money, because the UFC used to run here very frequently, they weren't worried about the one time Vince McMahon's going to run a year. And treating me like Vince McMahon, or treating me like Bob Arum and Don King, we, we just couldn't do it. Yeah. So in 1999, my partner who just was here, that is Rocky T., and Rocky uh, was friends with my one of my old roommates. And going back to the Nitro Grill, which was the wrestling-themed restaurant, we bought a lot of the memorabilia, me and the guy Rush, who left Buffalo Gym to open his own wrestling school. okay. Rocky collected stuff, and Rocky bought a bunch of our stuff. And then about six months later, maybe a year later, all of a sudden I hear, hey, Joey. And I'm looking, and I'm like... It's Rocky, two houses down. He bought the house because he liked the area. I have a nice half-acre lot, so it's 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 a good spot, you know? And then I told him, I'm like, hey, I'm going to do a wrestling show at the Rancho Swap Meet because they had a nice big room in the back. Yeah. And this was in 2009 because we just did our 10-year anniversary. Okay. So 2009, I had known Kenny King from the old wrestling school and... Uh, Another one of my buddies made friends with a guy named Derek Nykirk who worked for developmental for WWF. He went back to Arizona where we set him up with one of the guys at the wrestling school who happened to train with Mike Knox, who later became a WWE superstar. They became best buddies. uh, And we also, you know, I was scouring online to see, like, who was good, who could I bring in, and the first team I brought in was the Young Bucks, so they ended up working the first show, uh, being that we were in a Latin area. Yeah. I, I, I put Over it near
0: Sahara and. Yeah. Uh, Rancho.
1: Right. Yeah. So I decided, hey, I'm going to put an ad in the Spanish newspaper. I'm going to put uh, one of my Latin wrestlers on the radio station, the ESPN Deportes, and we're going to draw a lot of uh, the Mexican community. It's huge out here. We ended up with 231 people. I always remember the exact number. Okay. And that's just by me going out and putting posters on telephone poles. And the local guys obviously telling their friends. Because this was the first localized wrestling show in probably 10 10 years. Yeah. Buffalo Gym was done in like 1999, 2000. Yeah. And 98% of the crowd was not Mexican. They were American. Because... Later on, you find out, well, if Conan or Ray Mysterio is there, great. But just because some guy's wearing a lucha mask, nobody cared. Yeah. And then uh, we had issues with the zoning on the second show, and we had to cancel it. So we were in trouble, but then I got the uh, silver nugget, and they, they charged us X amount of dollars. I brought in uh, Jimmy Superfly Snuka and his son, Snuka Jr., we knew because he trained in Vegas uh, with the guy, Rush, who ran a school and Superfly wrestled... Actually, Superfly was the manager for Snooka Jr. against Disco, and the crowd was crazy for Superfly, who was very old at the time, probably almost 70, you know. All they wanted to see was the Superfly splash that he did give to the crowd from the second rope, but they didn't even care about the son, who was Deuce, as Deuce and Domino in WWE. Yeah. And we kind of took off from there, and, you know, we started using guys like sean ricker who's now eli drake where brian cage who's now the impact champion yeah i used those guys in 2010 where nobody knew who they were and then i brought in guys like hammerstone in like 2012 or 13 young kid at arizona liked his look i thought he could be something and a lot of these guys have taken off we like to call ourselves fsw now because when we say future stars of wrestling well they're not future stars we have stars yeah. Killer Cross is a star. Yes. Hammerstone's a star. Douglas James is now a star. Yeah. You know, and then we're doing a show, The Mecca, at the end of the month, September 29th. We got Pentagon and Phoenix. Well, you wouldn't call them future stars. You right. know, we got Michael yeah. Elgin, we got Matt Seidel, the former Evan Bourne. And of course, we have Douglas James and Hammerstone, and a lot of the FSW regulars who have made a name for themselves here in Vegas. Right. So, you know and we're working with impact and we're working with ring of honor and you know we're doing a lot of big things like you know I thought after 5 or 6 years hey holy cow we had kevin nash on our show you know that was a big deal when we did our first show in mesquite and having eugene and paul london and but as the years have progressed the meccas are the special events we run them twice a year whenever ring of honor is in town we we tried doing it the first year after ring of honor like hey let's run a show you know the the ring of honor fans because it's their anniversary weekend people come from all over the west coast and nobody really came to the show it was like our least attended casino show and we had a couple of ring of honor guys silas young rocky romero kenny king who's one of our trainers obviously and then the next year i'm like if we're going to do this we got to do something different so i hit on my boy brian cage and I said I need some super indie guys, and we had brought in Shane Strickland, and I had done some shows in uh, Phoenix, yeah. in like 2014 and 2015. That the last show we did, we had basically every single person got signed later on. Uha Nation became Apollo Cruz. We had Matt Seidel. We had the Young Bucks, Shane Strickland, Trevor Lee, Rich Swan, you know, Chris Hero, Drew McIntyre. Like this was loaded. So I had a lot of contacts with the bigger name guys. So we did the Mecca, and we brought in Sammy Callahan, who never worked out here before. And, of course, Brian Cage. And he said, hey, there's a guy, Keith Lee. So we're going to have Cage versus Keith Lee. Davy Richards, no-showed. We put Callahan in there. And despite what was going on in Ring of Honor with, say, the Young Bucks having, oh, another great Young Bucks match, people were typing because we actually got the Ring of Honor crew this time to stick around because we had Bubba Dudley. We had Matt Hardy. You know, we had Rob Conway. We had all these named guys that, you know, have done huge things in the business. And it was like, wow, we got a hit with this Mecca, which is kind of an offshoot of what FSW was. And now we're doing our fifth one. You know, we've had Jushin Thunder Liger, you know, at at the Cannery a, a, a year or so ago. And we drew big numbers. And Teddy Hart has now been there. Joey Janella. You know, he met Chris Jericho at the Fozzy concert from that and made a relationship and got on AEW. So we have really made Vegas wrestling relevant. Like, it didn't exist until FSW started doing stuff in 2009. And it took a long time and it took a lot of hard work yeah. and a lot of money yeah. to, like, not get that money back. But it was the passion. And people have come in after. And I always say, there's nobody who's going to outwork me. You know, people are going to delegate and you know what? I learned when I saw a guy hand out flyers when we were doing some small shows back in like 1999 where he took the flyers at the Thomas and Mac at the WWF show, and I saw him throw them in the garbage. And it's like, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail because I didn't do enough. Not I thought they were going to do it. That's a bullshit excuse. You know what I mean? So I've worked my ass off for 10 years, and you know we really started seeing the fruition. We did very well in 2015 and 16. But as all that work made our relationships grow, we'd worked with Global Force when they came out with Jeff Jarrett and Sanjay Dutt, became friends with Sanjay Dutt. So we set up impact to come out here when they took over and then we got a tryout where a bunch of our guys got on the show and hammerstone got on the uh he got on the impact show and they liked him. they chose not to sign him but conan who also works creative for mlw liked what he saw in hammerstone made a call and that's why hammerstone's over at mlw now now we recently did a triple a tryout with our relationship with conan and damian drake matt vandegrift douglas james Chris Bay should be on their shows really soon. Just having to get get his passport. Other than that, he would have been on the show. So our guys have kind of brought in to have become Major League Stars. Obviously, Cross has his issues with Impact. But, you know, he's our host for the Natural Born Killer show that that's what you came to. And that was a show that I had the idea of off Bloodsport. To where they did it WrestleMania weekend. And, of course, they're going to get their draw. I decided to do it. UFC weekend, because our wrestling fans are very loyal, hardcore fans. If we did karaoke night, 50 of them would show up just for it. So we said, we've got a success with the Mecca. How about let's put Cross behind it? He's the Vegas star. He's got that MMA background. Yeah. We have an idea. And he was like, he was all for it. And canceled the booking that he had. And we put together a show... And then he came up to me and he was like, I got a guy that I'm going to work. And at this point, we've gotten Frank Mir and Austin Aries and Dan Severin and Stephen Bonner. Yeah. You know, we've had legit MMA people, like Hall of Famers and Severin and Bonner and Frank Mir, a UFC heavyweight champion. I met him briefly. Classy. Yeah, nice super nice fella. guy. Yes. Like Dan Severin. Right. So Cross comes up to me into the office and he says, I got a guy I'm going to work I can't tell you who it is. And it's like... I'm like, what do you mean you can't tell me who it is? <laughs> uh-huh. I can't tell you who it is. Wow. Put $500 aside. I'm not sure that's when I tell the story of who the guy is yeah. that I should say. But you already have said who the guy is when yeah. you were talking about the story. So, it's UFC weekend. Yeah. So, our thoughts are going. Me and my son, who does the production, marketing, photography, and all the other stuff. And I'm thinking... It could be like Tito Ortiz. He loves wrestling. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking MMA, MMA. Yeah. Like maybe Chuck Liddell. I'm like, oh, could even be Ken Shamrock, you know. But I'm like, "Uh, Ken Shamrock ain't working for 500 bucks. Yeah. So I'm throwing him out, and I'm like leaning toward Tito Ortiz. And then uh, the day of the show, we know we've sold a whole bunch of tickets. But we've gotten through PayPal. We've seen names and who they were. And it was people who would never come to shows before because we did reach... Because Fightful.com and all the MMA sites picked up what we were doing, this hybrid pan style of shoot wrestling. Yeah. And we brought in Simon Gotch. And we brought in Ryan Couture, Randy's son. And Gina Mazzani, who fights for the UFC. And her brother Dave, who was the, light, the lightweight, light, lightweight champion in South Africa for the EFC. And it was like... My son's like, did you see who it is? Almost like welling up, you know, because he was so excited. And I'm just like, I'm like, Tito? And he's like, no. I'm like, Chuck Liddell? He's like, no. I'm like, who is it? And he's like, it's Moxley. And I'm like, get the fuck out of here. You know, literally, like, there's no possible way. I go walk in the back, and it's like, holy shit. Dean Ambrose, John Moxley's here, and he's going to fight Kevin Cross tonight. And when what point in the night was this? This was before uh, the show. I hope at least the show right? was eight o'clock. Yeah, and at about seven thirty. Yeah, I found out that we now had, which didn't help the ticket sales because we were sold out anyway. Yeah, but the thing was, two weeks earlier we did our ten year anniversary show and legitimately sold out Samstown. Yeah, you know we offered ten dollar tickets. Our students sold. Over 300 tickets. Usually they sell 40 on a good show. Yeah. They sold 300 because they were 10 bucks each. And all of our regulars scooped up first row. Everything was sold out. It was like, wow. And Frank Mir and Austin Aries came out to go after Cross to set up Natural Born Killers. It was like, wow, this is the biggest moment in FSW history. Wow. We'll never be able to top this. And then two weeks later, yeah. we have this. And all of a sudden, there's 400,000 views. Yeah. On YouTube within like five days, like, holy shit, John Moxley's here. Holy shit. You know, the guy who was sitting next to you, there was a guy, when he saw him, like, it looked like, he, he was like in total shock. Like, what the fuck? I can't believe it. And yep. it was like, it was such a great moment.
0: Unbelievable moment.
1: You, you know, so it's like, we got the Mecca, two, Mecca 5 happening September 29th, and now we have Natural Born Killers too because yep. UFC comes back December 14th. So, we're running a show December 13th. So, now we're trying to scour, you know, trying to get, you know, not that we've got any. you got a lot to live up yeah, to here. Yeah. In terms you know,
0: of the, the, the challenge has been set. The bar has been yes. you raised.
1: Know, there's a, a former UFC heavyweight champion who's starting to wrestle in Cain Velasquez yeah. that we are hoping to secure. Okay. You know, that'd be a nice main event. Cross versus Kane Velasquez. Wouldn't it? Being that they were supposed to wrestle each other at AAA, but they got pulled from the Impact show because Impact was promoting the AAA. And again, I have a good relationship with both, so I'm staying out of that one. But if we can get that to happen there, that'll be a big deal. you know. Plus, And if you, you can't know, get that to happen, what's your fallback plan? There's so many great names out there. Throw some names out. I just want you... To well, consider- Shamrock's wrestling again. Love to have... Ken Shamrock. Okay. Like, having a legend like Dan Severin really legitimized what we're doing. Yeah. Like, I love what Bloodsport's doing, but again, they're, they're basically gearing it toward the wrestling fan. I want the MMA fan to care, because the wrestling fans, if they like what we're doing, they're coming anyway. Like, I know a lot of our fans were like, oh, we'll come check it out, because they didn't perceive it as a pro wrestling show. You know what I'm saying? But... With natural born killers, we found a niche that we feel is gonna make a non wrestling fan now come to my show. It, you know, that's in, how it in, works in right? reality. Names can it's do business, it and, yeah, yeah. You know, and we're we're trying to run a business and you're trying to make money. Yeah. But again, I said when I first started, if I got my initial twenty five grand investment back and broke even, I'd be I'd be happier than, than anything. Yeah. And right now, It's like, I have been able to, you know, not have to come out of pocket. You know, we haven't had to come out of pocket in years. You you know what I mean? Because it's self-sufficient. We have the wrestling school, which has D'Lo Brown, Kenny King, TJ Perkins is around, uh, Sin Bodie as our trainers. So, Jake the Snake, you know, he hasn't been here in a while. But, uh, you know, Jake is also part of the school. That's great. So, and with our relationships... With AAA and Impact, especially them two, you know, Ring of Honor, we help them out when they're out here. We help them, you know, solicit, you know, solicit the conversations to get them here. But Delo's an agent for Impact. You know, Davari Sean Davari is back in Vegas and he's helping train once in a while. It's been, hasn't been here in a little bit, but he's an agent for WWE. That's so right. if there's a guy that should be looked at, that's the most important thing for an independent wrestler is they want to Being be seen. they want to be Absolutely. a national, international superstar. Yeah. But there's a million people, a million wrestlers oh, yeah. that yeah. want to wrestle. Right. It was like when we were doing stuff, it was like oh I sent in a tape. And it's like, okay, that's great. But I know Sanjay. Hey you're looking for this. And I got a couple of my guys booked on the Global4 show when they were doing it in Vegas, you know? And it's like we have the potential... Like we had, we had the tryout for Impact last week. And they used a couple of our talents. Lacey Ryan, who's actually awesome. She just moved here from Utah. She was trained by Tom Howard, who Tom Howard trained John Cena and The Miz and Samoa Joe in California at UPW back in the day. Yeah. So the pedigree's there. Real-known She's team. wrestling Taya. And then she actually wrestled Taya at the Impact tapings because they saw her and they were extremely impressed. And Damian Drake... Who's now worked he worked Triple A, Ring of Honor, and Impact this past year. Every time they were out here, he's worked. Chris Bay has worked all the shows. You know, he had a tremendous match with Daga at the Impact Show. He's our heavyweight champion. Yeah. And it's like he's he's the guy that's next in line now that Hammerstone and Douglas James signed with MLW and Cross is a national star. Chris Bay's the guy that has the chance to break out to be a national superstar. And, you know, we have everything needed to help that young kid get there because we also run small shows like the Showcase that we run. Yeah. To where the young kids, it's kind of like, well, why would I train there? They use all these big name guys. Well, we, we mix it up. We, we don't run one good show a month. We try to... We, we run a lot of shows. Right. You know, so there's the shows that cost 10 bucks. Right. And then there's the Mecca that's $55 for Front Row, that we're also doing a personal meet-and-greet with Pentagon and, and Phoenix that's 50 bucks. And, you know, the first day we announced it at the 10-year anniversary, we had a video package. And again, my kid says our production's good. I say it's excellent for where we are at and what the type of money we have. You bet. And... You know. Reminds me a little
0: bit of world class wrestling yeah, where they you know, I grew up watching.
1: Yeah. Where I, they really made the most out of a small budget. And they used to have great music. They were the first ones to have all the good free birds entrance song and everybody had the thing. Yeah. But the thing was, it was like, you know, they sent seven fifty PayPal. Hey, I need six front row. I need the meet and greet. I need this. Yeah. And that's when it almost it makes me chuckle because, you know, a lot of times sponsors, as you know in your business, is really the make or break where you can make some actual money in the business. Right. You know, it's hard to just sell tickets and hope you can make money. Right. And you would think there's people that would, sponsors would would take advantage of a show. Hey, why don't you buy a table at the show? Hey, why don't you, we can run a commercial at your show. But they have this stigma toward wrestling. That people that watch wrestling are low brow and have no money. Kind of like what they did with NASCAR 20 years ago. And then well, they and learned... The problems I have
0: all the time as an adult film director that basically people don't want to associate with my business. Right, right, right. Even though, from an advertising perspective, we're putting our product in front of millions of
1: eyeballs. Right. And and especially for in your business, well, it's predominantly men. Yes. In the 20 to 40, 450 range... Well, wrestling fans are predominantly men in the fifteen to sixty range. Yeah. So there's there's so many businesses that would benefit from what we do. Right. And but it's if always they can get past right, the stigma. Right. It's always a struggle. It's like, you know, you did know that party of five just paid three hundred and fifty dollars right. to come watch a wrestling show. Right. And to, to perceive them as having no money and spending it on something else that a lot of people don't go to, it. it's just very difficult for me to understand. And, and that's probably been the long, the biggest struggle Absolutely. of the 10 years. Yeah, people,
0: if you're listening, you got to understand, I paid uh, $35 to go to his show. I mean, it's not like he was giving the tickets away for free, and it was right. sold out. So you definitely have a market that is willing to spend money on your right. products. All right, I want to ask, ask you a hard question, because I see that you're a no-bullshit guy. Yep. But of course, first, we need to talk about our sponsor, Blue Chew bluechew.com bluechew brings you the first chewable erectile dysfunction pill with the same fda approved active ingredients as viagra and cialis take them anytime since they're chewable they work up to twice as fast as a pill i am an expert on this i am a customer of these guys i am a 50 year old man who directs produces adult videos and sometimes even performs in adult videos and i need a pill that is effective quickly Blue Chew, it works. It's easy to get. It's wonderful. It'll solve a lot of your problems in terms of confidence and performance. It's prescribed online, shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. It doesn't you know, It's not something other people are going to recognize. You don't have to go in person to your doctor's office. You don't have to wait at the pharmacy. You just go online to their website and you fill in a little box that says, Hey, I have erectile dysfunction problems a doctor reviews it, writes you a legitimate prescription and it is shipped right to your home. Made in the United States and since they uh, prepare and ship direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. So let me make this a no-brainer for you as I like to say. This is pretty darn simple. Try it out for free. That's what I said. Try it out for free. Use my promo code ADULT, A-D-U-L-T, and you can get your first order for free of these uh, wonderful erectile dysfunction pills. All you gotta do is pay $5 shipping. So again, you're gonna go to bluechew.com. That's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com. Use the promo code adult, A-D-U-L-T. Get it for free, try it out, and then thank me. Go online, go on Twitter somewhere, find me. I'm Glenn King XXX on Twitter with two N's. So find me and say thank you so much, cause this works, you rock. Alright, so you can choose not to answer this question if you like, and we can always edit this out, but as a basically an indie producer of, of events here, you've got to deal with some egos amongst the wrestlers in terms of basically who, who goes over when you're bringing in guys from around the country and so on. How do you deal
1: with this? Well, in reality, it's usually not a problem. I actually have a problem today mm-hmm. because... We're running an Mm iPay-per-view. And one of our wrestlers was contacted by their company. Yes. And didn't want them to put over another one of our wrestlers... Who's from another major company. Because despite... We don't know how many buys we're going to get. We're a small company. Right. But it's, it's possible... Both guys work in Japan. And both guys are very well known. And the company is more protective than The Wrestler. We've weeded out, you know. When you see guys or big-name guys that have come back, it's because there's a reason. I've used Matt Hardy, Lance Hoyt, Chris Masters, you know. I'm forgetting some. But there's some guys that go above and beyond. Recently, Simon Gotch, super. Mm -hmm. That some of these guys you want to book, because they are so good in the locker room, Lance Hoyt will go up to you and give you his phone number and critique your match if you want it. Hey, this is what I saw. You know, he doesn't have to do that. He can come in, and we've seen guys who just come in. They want their payday. They don't want to do nothing. They can't share a tweet. They can't. Dude, hit a button. You know that happens in my business right. too. And, and you need you know, the cooperation. You need the performers to help market. Otherwise, yeah. it's a team effort. I saw one of the promoter guys that I know. And they were making a post about it that the wrestler responded to him, you know, I'm paid to wrestle. It's you, The promoter's job is to promote. But it's I like, see that for
0: the people that I hire, the right. performers sometimes. I immediately cross that girl off my list when I see her saying something like, I'm paid to perform, I'm not
1: paid to promote. Right. And the thing is, if somebody somebody can be paid $100 and somebody's paid $500, the person in your business... Who's being paid a thousand compared to five probably has a larger social media following, and that's what you're paying for. That's so right. if they're not taking advantage of that, well, then they're not worth what well, the other person's worth. It. But they build up this thing to not promote it, which makes no sense. So we've weeded out even some of the local guys. You know, we've had some issues. It's like, well, why are you putting over the uh, the Reno scum? Because they're better than you. Yeah, Like, the perception sometimes with the younger guys are, well, we live in Vegas, and we're a Vegas company, so why isn't the Vegas guy winning? Right. Well, we happen to be based here, but we're bigger than that. Right. There's, a re- There's nothing worse in wrestling than watching and say, oh my God, Matt Hardy just lost to this guy who's the shits. Yeah. And if you watch stuff and you see people that aren't good enough, that's the thing. FSW, Future Stars of Wrestling, we pride ourselves on bringing in the biggest and best up-and-coming guys mixed in with the best in the business. And we've had the biggest names in professional wrestling here. He's you, you know? And it's like, it's not what's best for you guys, it's what's best for me. So, I'll tell you a quick story about Hammerstone. Okay, okay. yeah. One of my... He could be my favorite guy of everybody. Yeah. Okay? Hammerstone started with us 2012, 2013. And I saw a lot of potential in him, okay? I created a tag team, Gods of War, with him and Graves. That became pretty popular. They're now our tag team champions. They broke up, but now they're back together. So back in the day, we were doing a show, the IWF, at the Celebrity Theater in Phoenix. Yeah. And we had our old champion, Taishan Prince big monster, six, foot six, 400 pounds. This was a separate project. We had Shelton Benjamin, John Morrison, Ricochet, Austin Aries, Chris Saban. Like, it was the who's who. Tony Nese, you know, Rich Swann. Again, another show with everybody who's become a major league guy. Well, this was a match that the powers that be at the time were me, Shelton Benjamin, and Johnny the Bull. Okay. okay. Yeah. And we needed somebody to wrestle Tyshawn Prince and basically get thumped. Yeah. So we need somebody who looked good. Yeah. So I told Hammerstone. I had a, we had another guy that Shelton had or whatever. And it was basically a three on one handicapped squash. Yeah. And afterwards I was a little disappointed. Because one thing we saw was like Heimerstone was a young kid getting to be on a big show, regardless of what his role was. And he didn't come. He watched my guys from Vegas who weren't on the show help set up the ring. And he didn't. Okay. And it was like when they came back to Vegas to work a show, I took him into the office. And I said, I got a problem. Yeah. And it's like, well, what is it? I'm like, well, first off, you guys watched my guys who weren't even on the show. And then his response was, well, you know, I think I'm better than the spot I got. And I said, you're absolutely right. But that was the spot I needed you for. Yeah. I wanted a good-looking big dude to get beat up by this guy. And I felt you were the guy over a 100 other guys to do it. And that was that. And now that he's been in the business, he understands. He's become our locker room leader. When he sees somebody get stupid on Facebook, yeah. or somebody make posts that are, I guess you could say, because somebody might be disappointed in what their role was on a show, sure. you know it's FSW. It's not your show. If I need you to do this, and you can't do it, I got 50 other people that will. Right. And I'm, I'm a guy who, there's been numerous guys who've basically gotten thrown out that have come back, thrown out, and come back. You know, we say Greg Romero, for example, young kid, 17, 18, very feisty, and and we've had our ups and downs. Yeah. But he's grown up, and he got a second chance, and then he got a third chance, and he's still got a fourth chance. So I'm a forgiving guy, but after a while, there's some people that will never come back just because they don't want to do things our way. They just want to do it their way. Yeah, you, you know what I'm saying and if you have to do it the way we need you to do it Yeah, you know like I said I get emails every single day from guys from all over the United States it's like bro I wouldn't fly you in from Pennsylvania I don't know who you are now if you happen to be in Vegas and, I, and then you send your work and it looks pretty good and we have a school show absolutely you know I get 50 people oh I'm going to be in town for the Mecca dude half my roster isn't on that show it's all the super guys yeah like don't be delusional that's also the biggest thing in professional wrestling: delusion.
0: Everyone thinks you that know they when are you're here, cops. you yeah. think yeah. you're here. Yes, absolutely. Right. Yeah. You know
1: why? Why don't I have the belt? Yeah. You know because you're not good enough. Because again, that's a misconception. Well, you don't win the belt; it's given to you. Yeah, but it's given to you because you're the best person for that job. So that means you do the best job out there. That you make the crowd. Yeah. Get the crowd is engaged in you. You perform well, and people want to see you. Right, that's why Killer Cross became our longest reigning champion. But it's a marketing issue, right?
0: As much as it is, and a he was a guy talent who, issue. and he was a guy you know, who yeah.
1: himself did it. Yeah, you know, we put him in a good position. Like initially, Cross was my personal bodyguard, my 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 assistant. Yeah. Okay, we were working a little feud with my partner. Okay. Okay, and there was like some of the the rejects guys that were kicked out. And guys that we felt had potential and didn't do anything. So I, had, I used to have beef with Sin Bodie and a couple other guys. So Kevin Cross was my guy okay. that I had brought in. So Rocky's this had This is your
0: on-screen persona,
1: cor- correct, essentially. Correct, no, correct. You're not behind the scenes. Right, okay. right, right, right. But I did have a lot of issues with some of them. You know. <laughs> right. But we worked it as an angle because it works better because yeah. the promo I cut is how I felt. Like, there was one guy who I felt we all felt had the potential to be the next heavyweight champion he was a tag team champion he had a lot of charisma personality and he just didn't put in the work and he was content with just being pretty good yeah and it was like well, you were the you know you're the biggest waste in FSW history you know we thought you'd be the heavyweight champion now you're just bouncing around like a reject you know what i mean and it's like that's how the thing worked and i had heart issues In 2014, so I had to get a couple of stents in. So I didn't miss the show. I had stents put in Monday. I got out.
0: (laughs) I I, didn't miss a show. No,
1: I got the stents. One day I went to the the quick care. Yeah. Hey, you need to go to St. Rose. I went to St. Rose. Yeah. Got the stents in Tuesday.
0: Yeah.
1: Having issues like when am I going home? They let me go home Friday afternoon. Yeah. And I was at the show Friday night. Okay. So. Oh, hold on, let me stop
0: you for a second there, Joe. I, I definitely want to hear the rest of the story, but first I got to tell you about a couple of our other sponsors. You're gonna like these guys: Savage Sin Clothing and Sex Panther. Let's talk about Sex Panther. Sex Panther is s e x t p a n t h e r dot com. Sex Panther dot com. Sex Panther is the way that you can establish a real relationship with many of the people that have been on my show. If you're a regular listener of the show. You uh, have heard many adult film stars on the show and you've fallen in love with them. You've said, I really want to get to know that person. The way you can do it is at Sex Panther. Sex Panther enables you to talk on the phone with your favorite performer. Sex Panther enables you to exchange texts. It also lets you send videos and pictures and lets her or him or whoever you're talking to send videos, pictures, talk to you on the phone as well. It's pretty awesome. It's a lot better than the old days when you had to just kind of wonder what somebody was like. This is your way of getting to know your favorite performer and uh, and also to support your favorite performer. And if you're a performer who listens to the show, which I know quite a few performers do listen to the show, entertainers of all kind now, you know, Sex Panther is not just limited to adult, but Sex Panther is a great way for you to establish a real bond with your fans. Don't just, you know, talk to your fans from afar this way you can actually speak to your fans, you can text with your fans, etc. And you can, you can charge a fee for this so you can separate the non-supporting fans, non-paying fans, from the paying fans. So whether you're a performer or whether you're a fan, check out Sextpanther.com today. That's S-E-X-T-P-A-N-T-H-E-R.com. Let's talk about Savage Sin Clothing. I love Savage Sin Clothing. You will too. Check it out at SavageSinClothing.com. That's S-A-V-A-G-E-S-I-N Clothing.com. Why do I love Savage Sin Clothing? Because I seriously need help picking out clothing. I want to look cool, but I just don't know how to look cool anymore. And the place that I go is SavageSin.com to do so. Now, you got to go check out their website. If you've looked at this before... It's time for you to go back and check it out because they just redid their site. Very cool. It says, Are You Savage Enough? On on the front of the page here. And then you go in and it talks about in the About Us section. I love these pictures. Savage Sin, created from the collision of two worlds, MMA and XXX. We get real, raw, and wild with our range of unique apparel, including men's and women's clothing, accessories, and more. Instead of offering you the same cookie-cutter dull products, We go the distance giving you the most savage and sinful lifestyle choices. I think that says it all right there. So if you want to look cool, if you want to find great clothing that you can wear at the mall or wear to the gym or wear out or wear anywhere and feel like I'm contemporary, you need to go to Savage Sin Clothing and check it out. And again, let me make this a no-brainer. Like, dude, don't miss out on this sale before it's too late. You can use the promo code KINGSIN, that's K-I-N-G-S-I-N, you are not only going to get free shipping, you you, I can't even believe I'm saying this, you're going to get 40% off on your order. 40%! That's almost half, so get in there. Take advantage of this offer, SavageSinClothing.com. Okay, please continue. You had heart problems, you had stints put in, but you didn't let that cause you to miss one minute of a wrestling show.
1: I didn't care about getting in the ring. I would have. But, you know, I had appease the wife a little bit. I'm still going to the show. So, no bumps, please. No bumps. No bumps. But Cross, who would be my guy, we let him do his promo stuff. And it's like, okay, well, he doesn't need me. And he just went on. And we did, like, a match, you know, to where... You know, my team versus Rocky's team or whatever and we we put Kevin over and that was when Kevin finally got to work, guys like Funny Bone and Sin. But we protected him because as good as he was as a persona, he was still working out the kinks to become a good professional wrestler. But and the reason why he got picked for Global Force had nothing to do with his wrestling ability. Like they couldn't believe he had less than two years in the business because his character was so on point. You know, TikTok, he's the toll man. Yeah, like you his know, promos you, are you, amazing. You, yeah. Right, and he was like, he's made the locker room cut promos. All our guys, not all of them, but a lot of them do promos now because of the fact that they saw how Cross, because WWE's watching, they see things. You know, I had a buddy, the one I did the shows in Arizona. Hey, who's this Kevin Cross guy? Yeah. I'm like, oh, he's one of my young guys, he's good. He's like, oh, his promos are awesome, blah, blah, blah. And he helped Kevin get his first tryout in WWE. And they did the Schwarzenegger thing. When they did the, they did a tryout there, he was invited back. And, you know, he's been on their radar forever. Yeah, know? he's going places yes. when he gets out of his contract. You know, and, he, and their, he's obviously. working AAA. So it's yeah, like, yeah. you know, Japan, I'm shocked he hasn't worked Japan yet. You know what I mean? So it's like, just with that, there's so much going on. And that's the passion I have. And when I deal with my son who thinks, hey, when dad kicks it, you know, I'm taking over. You <laughs> know what I mean? And I recently had the bypasses and stuff. And it's been eight weeks and I feel really good and everything. So and he's
0: rooting for your help, but at the same yes, time, sort of really Just in for case to, if something happens, yeah, he I wants understand. to make sure. Yeah.
1: And it's like... I tell
0: my dad stuff like that all the time. You know,
1: and the thing is, it's like, Joey, you need to understand. Yeah. You know, running this, there's 100,000 things I got to do. Yeah. And there's probably 10 that I like. Right. It's like, you have to do the grunt work. Yeah. For you to be successful, you have to do the things you don't want to do. And you have to do them more and more than you do. Like, I love running the shows. I love putting together the shows. Yeah. But that show, the Mecca, took it's three months of preparation. Yeah. But then it's dealing with the day-to-day here and who owes dues and they're everyone behind and you got this thing and that thing. And it's like there's so many other things that you couldn't handle, Joey. Yeah, you could run a show, but you wouldn't be able to get to the show. Live
0: events take Days and months and you years know. off
1: of your life. I, I'm I've just panicking in my money. head, thinking yeah. like, we got to get, you know, the the the, the called, the raffle tickets. Yeah, we use them. Okay, yeah. here's yours for the Pentagon and Phoenix thing. Well, now there's separate meet and greets for Joey Ryan and all the other stuff. Yeah, and it's like, you know, we have a small staff and a lot of younger kids who don't really get it. And it's like, so I'm hands on, I have to be there. I have to be healthy, because I have to run around and make sure everything's done, because if it isn't done, it ain't getting done. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, I wish I could, you know, say the Vince McMahon of Vegas, that's great. I wish that I was like Vince McMahon, where I had 50 people that are fantastic at their job do the 50 other things yeah, that I have yeah, to do. same it, problem with me you know, too. Is so. People
0: don't realize I do everything myself. Um, so, of this show, how many wrestlers are on the card in... Uh,
1: the Mecca? In the Mecca. We're going to have eight matches. Yeah. Uh, there's probably... There's one four-team tag, so that's eight guys on it already. We'll probably do a multi-man match of four, and then out of the other six matches, uh, five are singles matches, and then we have one three-way.
0: So, do you have a plan for somebody not showing up? And do you nope. expect...
1: No. Like, so, does that happen? It did. Davey Richards, three days before the Mecca, he... I got him an extra day of a room, I flew in his girl and got out of her card signing at the mall. Yeah. And then he canceled. So I was supposed to get her money from the from my, my card guy. By her canceling, I had to eat her flight that she wasn't even on my show. And I had to eat his flight. Yeah. You know, yeah, I got the money back from the deposit, big deal. Of course I'm not gonna pay you you didn't work the show. Of course. But uh yeah. But so, you put effort and time in, you put it right. the promotional materials, and, probably. And again, and... Davey was supposed to wrestle Sammy Callahan, yeah. So, we put Callahan in with Cage and uh, Keith Lee, and it turned out to be better that Davey Richards didn't show up. And you make do, there's been plenty of times in the early days, mid days, you know, we've had guys that were stuck a couple months ago, they're like, We're stuck in prim, the, the car broke down, or Brian Kendrick was working a show with uh, Sean Ricker, who's Eli Drake. And there was like a a tar spill by Prim. And they ended up coming here, but they got here like an hour and a half after the show started. Uh-huh. So like everything had to be moved. Yes, he just moved things around. So yeah, they they just have to be. You know, guys have not made a flight. The last Mecca Callahan didn't make, he worked like four matches on two shows, and he said Hey, bro, I'll owe you one that I'm still waiting on. Uh Sammy, if you're listening. Uh You know, I saw him at Impact. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. He's the hardest guy to reach. But he offered to not show if it was okay with me. It was like, hey, you know what? It wasn't a great draw. It was September Mecca and Ring of Honor did really poorly. And it was just like, you know what? I'll I'll save the money. I'll read because I got Southwest. I can use the flight again. You know what I mean? And it's like, again, make and do. You don't want to. But most cases, like the meccas, other than those two issues, we've done four. And one guy has missed one and another guy missed another. Now, beforehand, the the mecca that we did with Jushin Thunder Liger, uh, I had guys like Sammy Callahan, Brian Cage, Willie Mack, Kevin Cross, all booked. And then Lucha Underground decided to film their final season. And it was that the weekend was uh, one of the dates. Yeah, and they have these contracts with right. these guys. So, so I had to scramble. Yeah. I had three weeks notice. Yeah. But there was guys that we had already announced. And that's when I ended up getting Teddy Hart. And then I'm like, hey, because Joey Janela had hit me up. And I'm like, hey, Joey Janela, you want to work? Blah bye, blah bye, bye. I, I got a spot for you. You know, you can work Teddy Hart, which ended up being probably the match of the night. So it's like there's so much great talent out there. It's crazy. But do you, so like in my business, I get fans all the time who say, Glenn,
0: why haven't you shot so-and-so? She's perfect for you. Where she's such a big star. And I want to sort of explain to them that because I don't want to pay for a a plane ticket and have her not get on the damn plane and then have me stuck with the plane ticket and have already paid the makeup artist and everybody for the day. Are there wrestlers that you just don't book because of the reputation? there's reputations. Yeah.
1: You know, and when you have a reputation, Davy Richards, for example, had a reputation. Yeah. But he seemed to be a lot better. Yeah. I get that a lot. Okay. Too. The girls will tell me that I was in a bad place, but yeah. now. And he no-showed. Yeah. And it was Ring of Honor weekend, and Davey was very well-known in Ring of Honor. He was their champion. And I talked to Kenny, and I was like, and he laughed because he's friends with Davey. Like, oh, that's a shock. And then he'd like tell three other guys in the uh, in the locker room, hey, guess what? Davey canceled. And they all laughed like, "Ha!" Ah, because they kind of expected it. Yeah. You know? but you've heard things on certain people like Simon Gotch for example I've heard a lot of negative things he trained in NorCal our ex-trainer Mike Modest was one of uh, the trainers at APW he started his own school Simon Gotch went over there and he basically got motherfucked by the whole NorCal thing so I saw he was doing some good stuff and so I brought him in for natural born killers you always know, seemed pretty cordial to me blah 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 we met him one of the nicest coolest guys I've ever met like wrestling wise the knowledge he keeps up with stuff he knows everything that's going on everywhere yeah and i'm like wow here's a guy who had a miserable reputation who i found to be one of the best guys i've ever met in the business so you know and again to each their own you know i could i can get along with you great and you get along with me great but you might be a douchebag to that guy because he's a douchebag to you and not everybody's a douchebag that it happens. Y- yeah, you know what yeah. I mean? There's certain... I'm sure there are certain wrestlers But mo-
0: you have... You're the so-and-so whisperer. Right,
1: right. And universally, like... Jokingly, I'll say something. Like, Lance White's not the nicest wrestler I've met. Like, Lance White's the nicest person I've met. Yeah. You know? And everybody will laugh because it's true. He's just, like, the nicest guy. Goes out of his way for people. You know? always, Always willing to work with you. You know? John Morrison, another super guy. Like... When sometimes the superstar level guys You try to hit up for stuff Like hey can you cut a promo Can you do that Oh yeah I'll get to it They, they don't Or they don't answer the phone And they'll, they'll get you back Whenever they feel like it Like John's a guy you call And he'll, he'll call you back Hey what's up Hey can you do a promo Hell yeah what do you need And then you know it's, it's happened five six times Maybe one time he kind of forgot And then when I said Hey can you get that promo Oh yeah I'll get right on And he sends it right out yeah. So, and again, those are the guys you want to have on the show because you want people, regardless of the fact they're getting paid their money no matter what. Right now, if the, like Matt Hardy made FSW a bigger name, he won the title from us here at Samstown, and he treated it like he just beat the Dudleys and Edge and Christian in the TLC at WrestleMania. Yeah, he cuts the promo. Oh my God, he was so excited. That's right. You know, and then yeah. this guy's got, you know, three quarters of a million followers and he's putting it over. FSW, FSW, FSW. So it's making more people have eyes on our product. Yeah. And I'm very proud of my product and I feel if you watch it, it's like trying to get those WWE fans. You hand them a flyer, they look at it and they throw it away because they don't know who Hammerstone is. They don't care. They didn't know who Cross was. They don't care. Yeah. Oh, Matt Hardy, now they might care. Yeah. So getting those people to show up once... I personally believe if they're true wrestling fans, I could make a fan for life. Yeah. And that's why we have a good core of fans that are, absolutely. no matter what, they're always here. Yeah. you know we, And there's some that'll even come to the small show where a kid who's never had a match before, who's got four months of training, and we're giving him an opportunity to see what he can do, and they'll come and support it. Like, they're so supportive. Those
0: are the coolest ones. Yeah. They oh, should. Yeah. All right. One more topic i got to cover with you, and that's because this is Mature Audiences made. Oh. we got to talk about women's wrestling, and you as a promoter slash owner slash all these things, there's a line that you have to deal with where you, you want to promote adult themes for women's wrestling to get people to come, right. but at the same time, you want families to be able to watch the show.
1: So... I perceive ourselves as like PG-13. Yeah. We get a little risque. If a girl's got short shorts on, I'm not going to tell her. You, you know, Shelly Martinez used to work for us. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people were like, some people, you know, the the good Christians. Yes. You know, yes. oh my God, her ass cheeks are kind of sticking out. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's like, relax, it's wrestling. Yeah. It's, you know, they're short shorts. The nobody.
0: bad Christians like myself, that's why we watch the shows. Right, show, exactly.
1: So. so, you know, you can give up a couple of good ones for a lot of bad ones, yeah. you know. The idea is to try to entertain. We don't do anything that's so offensive. There's some ideas I've had that politically are offensive that people don't want to do. Me too. I have tons of
0: ideas for you. We had a
1: guy, one of my favorite guys, okay? And wrestling is supposed to be like a movie. Yeah. Okay? Yes. Right. So, if it's done right, right, I've had this
0: conversation with Jericho and Callus right. and everybody that you want a protagonist and an antagonist right. and and
1: that's you know it gets too clouded nowadays, yeah. but the best thing Disco Inferno doesn't have to do flips and flops. Yeah. He just has to be annoying Yes. and he is. Yeah. And people want to see him get beat up. They don't say, "Oh, he's beating up Disco. Disco's 46. He should be able to beat him up." Right. No, they're like, "This is annoying he's a annoying motherfucker." And they want to beat him up. Yeah. So, there was this guy Cutthroat Cody works for me still. Also so one of our assistant trainers. Okay. You know, trains every Thursday. And Cody was a little chunky. He used to be crash test Cody. Because the very first show we did, he was at a different wrestling school, because we didn't have one. And I needed some guys for a Battle Royal. Yep. And there was this big Samoan guy, Reno Tefuli. Okay? okay. Big four hundred and fifty pound, one of the strongest Samoan guys I know. Right. So he takes Cody and he choke slams him basically onto the apron out. Well, yeah. Cody misses the rope and basically lands straight on the concrete. Ah. Cutthroat. A uh, crash test Cody is now born. Okay. Now he gets the the, the smiley faces and the, the, the yellow tape and all the other stuff. Okay. Chubby kid. Wears the It's like almost like a pleathery kind of outfit. Yeah. So now, all of a sudden, two, three years into his career, Cody decides he's going to get in great shape. Okay. Lost a lot of weight. Yeah. I said... I have an idea. CTC. Crest has Cody. Cancer treatment, Cody. Oh. Okay. Okay. Looks like he has cancer because he's lost so much weight. Yes. And he's a baby face. Yeah. So he had what's called the cash in the case, which is like the money in the bank. And there was a guy, Jack Manley, our No Limits champion. And I pitched the idea that Jack Manley, Cody doesn't cash in. Cody says, I want a title shot. Many years ago, as a rookie, uh, we did an angle with Cody winning the Rookie of the Year. Okay. A guy, Mike Delight, came in, ended up breaking the trophy over his head. But when Cody cut the promo, he dedicated it to his dead grandfather. Mm -hmm, And he basically was tearing because he could make, he was making, he can cry. Yeah. So this guy's like the perfect actor. Sure. So it's like, hey, I got this idea. You're going to go to Jack Manley. You're going to ask him for a title shot because you want to cash in the case Cody is a big fan favorite so is Jack Manley so we're going to have this match and it's going to go back and forth and Jack's going to hit his big move and he's going to basically he knows the match is over and he hesitates and doesn't pin Cody but he finally realizes he has to kind of like Ric Flair or Shawn Michaels type of yeah, thing Yeah, yeah, right. and then Cody ends up laying him out and it was all a ruse and it's like so he's pretending he has cancer. Correct. <laughs> I love it. And I guess I couldn't get it past the censors, <laughs> and we couldn't do it. And there's been others that some are racially insensitive. Oh, I like it. And it's like, you know, well, we did a group called the Enemies of the State, and then we ended up bringing in Sean DeBari, who did the whole terrorist angle, and it's like, yeah. they're supposed to be good versus evil. You know, yeah, that's and, and And unfortunately, yeah. in wrestling, it's like it can't be done anymore. Like, we got pretty close, there was a racial angle, we had Mike Modest when he was first there, and this guy Jay Garland, and mm-hmm. Jay Garland was a pretty talented wrestler, not that good on the microphone, it wasn't really over, he was a black wrestler, mm-hmm. Mike Modest is the white wrestler, mm-hmm. okay, since we're mature audiences here. Yes. So, and Mike Modest has his girlfriend, you know, and they're doing promos back and forth, and... He keeps calling him Toby, even though his name's Jay Garland. Okay. And it's getting to be kind of yeah, pushing it a little line. bit, yeah. you know. Yep. But we end up doing a strap match. Yeah. Okay. We, and he's a heel. Right. I mean, he's, he's supposed a heel. You,
0: you You're supposed to hate him. Right. So he starts calling the other guy Toby. You, right. me as a fan, I would have loved the the anger I felt. Right. In
1: the, and then, you know, Jay Garland is also talking about... Taking Mike Modest's girlfriend, blah blah blah. You know what I mean? Oh, and cuckolding him. Yeah, um, we did yeah, yeah. I make videos. We all didn't get about that far of that way. Yeah, it's good. But yeah. But at the end of the day, mm-hmm. the good guy won. Mm-hmm. And we made Jay Garland a guy that people gave a shit about who didn't really give a shit about him before. Yes. Because Mike Modest was people were so angered with him that they wanted to see this kid beat the shit out of this guy. Yes. And then he did. And it's like unfortunately, yeah, one time it was like, yeah, people got offended, I guess uh, to show solidarity the tag team they were wrestling uh they were doing we were doing a six man tag, and they were coming in with their partner who was black,
0: mm-hmm. so they
1: put on blackface, oh and you know, to show solidarity. Sure. But again, if that it's was a movie supposed to be a face move or that's a heel No, move? they were both they were I think they were both heels. Okay, good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: So it works right. if it's heels but
1: the faces but it's just the offensive thing that it's like, you know, if we're trying to tell a story and we're having a movie, well, if the Arab guy can be a terrorist in a movie, why is it offensive for the Arab guy to be a terrorist on the wrestling show? Absolutely. You I know? could not agree with you more. The heel has to do dastardly right. things. To make the show enjoyable when the face goes over. I always remember years ago watching WWE, and it always pisses me off to this day, even when I'm trying to, you know, uh, how are we turning a guy? We're going to turn a guy. Yeah. So WWE has a draft. Yeah. Okay? Right. The Miz and Morrison were the tag champions. Yeah. Okay? Oh! They got split up. Yeah. One's going to Raw, one's going to SmackDown. Yeah. They go in the ring, and they shake hands. Miz lays them out. Of course. Morrison's now a babyface. Yeah. What good deed did he do? He was just a douchebag on the show two days ago. Yeah. He got, la- he got laid out because he was stupider than the other guy. Yeah. So now we got to root for the stupid guy. Yeah. Because Miz outsmarted him. Right. But now he's a babyface. And naturally it didn't work at the time, right? Yeah. I don't right, think... Right, right. And I that's think I when the Miz was terrible. And yeah. and yeah, it took him a long time. But then when he got over, he got over. Right. But yeah, it's just all those little things. And it's like... You know, it's the I've, lost art I've been watching for four, is, I'm 54 yeah. years old Yeah, I've been watching Probably for 47 years mm-hmm. You know I've seen You know Used to love watching Superstar Billy Graham And Stan Hansen And then Oh ESPN Holy shit They got uh, World class Championship Wrestling I hated Devon Erick's you know, I remember... But no, you the, hated the Freebirds, you mean. No, I hated... I was always the heel guy. Oh, you were the heel guy. I yeah, so. okay, yeah. Sorry, like, sorry. I went yeah, nuts yeah. when Ultimate Warrior beat Hulk Hogan, because I hated Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. You know, think, I think... I
0: always liked the uh, Skandar Akbar uh, stable of Yeah, monsters. I didn't like I, him. I, I wanted like him. the Kabuki to win. Yeah. And, uh, I like those guys. But, yeah. But I do remember the first time I ever watched wrestling, or I got into it, was when... Santa Claus got in the ring and attacked the Von Erichs,
1: and I was like, "Yeah, which they've recreated with McFoley and yeah. Austin as the Santa Claus."
0: Well, does right. anybody have any new ideas? For no, the no, you know? no, and, and that's, that's the
1: thing. Santa like, Santa hey, I remember this finish in you know Rick Rude and Ultimate Warrior, where, he, where he, that's how they finally got Ultimate Warrior to be pinned. That ultimate that Ultimate Warrior got pinned by Rick Rude because they wanted him to lose the Intercontinental Belt, but they wanted to make sure they protected him, and like Heenan was holding the leg. After he kind of fell on him. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hey, I got this idea for a finish with the manager where we had the bad guy and the good guy. And Funny Bones Over is our good guy. And that's how we had him lose. But it was like, oh, that's a great idea. I was like, well, I didn't think of it. I just rehashed it because it hasn't been done in so long. You know, and that's the best thing in wrestling, not seeing things that you haven't seen in so long. Because it's almost impossible to see something that is like, oh, my God, I've never seen that before. Yeah. It's, there's a, It's occasional. Yeah. You know, you could do stuff. But that's why I think we're successful, because we have that mixture of fans, some of those smart mark guys who like AEW and Ring of Honor, but we also have a lot of our fans are more of the WWE fans. So we tell stories. The show you went to was more of a one-off type of show. If you come to one of our regular shows, we've built storylines to where things have happened to lead into certain things. Yeah. Like we have Rikishi Mm Sun, Sefa Fatu. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Yep. You know, he, he won the Nevada State title against Graves. Graves was our ne- first ever Nevada State champion. Yeah. They, Rikishi came in the ring. It was great. He showed up to see his son win well, the belt. Yeah. We turned him babyface because he was the heel and Graves was the face. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they were starting to cheer Sepha a lot. So it became like 50 50. And Sepha had a manager who was a total heel manager. So Rikishi gave the manager the stink face because you know he took all the credit for winning and you, your family's garbage and blah blah blah. So Sepha's over, Graves stays into the side of the ring, and then Sepha and Graves shake hands, solidifying the whole babyface thing. As months go by, Graves kind of helps Sepha a couple times with his feud with Hammerstone because that was Graves' old partner. In turn, at we do a no DQ match. Graves looks like he's coming in to make the save because Hammerstone has his partner. He lays out Sefa, reunites with Hammerstone, and now Graves turns to heel. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, my God. And then Graves earlier that night won the cash in the case. I would have loved this. And yeah. then they attacked the babyface 1%, tag team champions. Yeah. And after they defended their belts in a great match... They lost the belts in five seconds because they came in, cracked the thing over his head, ring the bell, one, two, three, <laughs> which made Graves, uh, which made Hammerstone the Nevada State champion and the tag champion. And people were pissed off because Hammerstone draws that heat as a heel. Yeah, And people were like, and Graves was like one of the most beloved fan favorites we had. Like, they never expected him to turn on Sepha. And that's what you got to do. You yeah. try to keep the fresh matchups. Because we have a lot of guys who've been here for seven, eight years. Like, how many times can the same guys wrestle each other? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, you have to. And we have a large core roster of a lot of the same guys. So it's always trying to reinvent and do things that keep the crowd engaged. And, you know, I think we do a good job. So let me pull you back to the women again real quickly. Oh, yeah, we didn't get to that. Because Scarlett
0: Bordeaux and Katie Forbes, you're familiar with Katie Forbes, I'm sure. Yeah, she trains here a little bit. Oh, is that right? Great, great. Um, Maybe I can get her on the, maybe you can help me, uh, introduce me to her and get her on the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Because I would want to ask one of these two about, they're going the opposite direction of the political, political correctness poll of the wrestling industry where the girls want to be, athletes and wrestlers instead Not of objects, yeah, or objects. Not objects, yeah. Not right. objects. But Scarlet, to some degree, and Katie are embracing their objectness.
1: Because and... everybody's looking to get booked. Yeah. And the sex appeal is always going to sell. Yeah. You know, the one thing that we always heard in FSW was, oh, the show was great. When are you going to have some women on it? Because, like, for the first five or six years, we had no women. Yeah. Then we finally started incorporating. Now we got a, now we got a whole roster. Yeah. And then we, you know... We had uh, Heather Monroe from California came in, and we have Maserati, and we have Sandra Moon, and then we brought Taya in because she's John Morrison's wife. Right, and she ended up winning the belt sure. because we felt her being the champion helps solidify the women's championship yeah. because some of the younger girls need to get better. And now we have one of the top five women wrestlers in the world, maybe top three, between her, Tessa, you know, and a couple others. So, now... We have so many belts, it was okay she can't make a show. Because, obviously, she's a bigger name star. She wrestles AAA, she wrestles Impact. Can't have her on all these school shows. Sure. And she's probably priced out of the school shows. She gives us a deal, but the deal ain't that great to where we can really afford to pay her to wrestle a random girl here. Yeah. You know? And now we got Lacey Ryan, who we talked about a little earlier, that she's from Utah. And she comes in and she brings it. Yeah. And I'm very excited about that match may steal the show at the Mecca. Because these two girls, two women, you know, they fire away. You know, their match isn't about sex appeal and who looks the best. It's like, you know, I've always been very stern on how I'm going to present women's matches. Just because a woman's wrestler is a wrestler and she wants to work, I have... They have to be equally as good. If you're not, as a man, good enough to be on my show, just because you're a woman, why should you be? You, you know what I mean? It's yeah. like the fans, especially the guys, obviously, they love to see the women. Yeah. They're more forgiving. If they screw up, they yes. don't care. Yes. You know, if they... if they have to
0: be able to do good promos and they have to be able to. If they um... look
1: semi-decent, mm-hmm. they'll be engaged Yeah, and they don't care. They, they just want to see women. Yeah. Well, I want to see good women's wrestling. Sure. And unfortunately, there's not a lot. And there's sure I can bring in 20 girls that are, but again, they become costly and you got to fly them in and, you know, again, Maserati, Sandra Moon, they they're getting work elsewhere. Sandra Moon started here at 14 years old in our kids class. Oh, wow. She's now 18 years old and now impacts like in what they see. She works hard, she helps out a lot. Yeah. She's a girl that can go far. Maserati got to uh, go to China for a little while with the relationship we had with the OWE, who kind of kicked us to the curb because they're working with AEW. A-W. But yeah. we were the A-W. ones, we had 10 of our guys there. Yeah. You know, and she was the first woman I yeah. got to go over there and do stuff. So we try to embrace it. But again, if you're not good enough, it doesn't matter. There's been plenty of girls who've been one and done because they just aren't good enough. And they don't meet my standards of quality. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to present as a... I am a wrestling fan. Yeah. If I'm yeah. watching shitty wrestling, why should I expect you to pay 50 bucks yeah. to watch my shitty wrestling? Right. You know? I, I run my
0: own business the same way. All right. Uh, so, we've taken up enough of your time today. You've been very generous, and I, I think all of this stuff is fantastic. Let me just give you one more opportunity to
1: promote...
0: Your upcoming Mecca show.
1: We got the Mecca show, Mecca 5, on uh, September 29th. Uh, Pentagon's going to wrestle Matt Seidel. You know, Seidel, formerly Evan Bourne, one of the greatest high flyers. I believe it's a first time matchup between those two.
0: And Pentagon, if you haven't seen him yet, people, you need to go check him out. First time we're having him. an incredible
1: match. You know, and then uh, Chris Bay, our heavyweight champion, he's going to work a three way with Douglas James. One of the best indie guys out there who just got signed with MLW. And Phoenix, the other half of the Lucha Brothers. And if that match don't kill it, I'll be shocked. Yeah, fun, to, know, watch. fun to watch. You know, watch, And guys. then we got a battle of two big guys, Hammerstone and Elgin. Elgin's Elgin. blowing up. Like, yeah. People, you know, you're going to want to see him. You know, he killed it in Japan. He killed it in Ring of Honor. Had a little uh, off time, but he's a superstar in the business. Taya against Lacey Ryan. Uh, We got Damian Drake's going to wrestle Funny Bone for the No Limits title. He was supposed to wrestle TJ Perkins, but unfortunately, he's contractually obligated to New Japan. And they're running a show on the East Coast. Mm. And they pulled him from our show Mm -hmm. because, hey, they pay him better and the contract's a contract. And TJ's super cool. He lives out here and he helps out a lot, you know. And so... He's the name we might see at Natural Born Killers. I would have never thought so, but I saw he was just recently offered a contract by Bellator. Oh, wow. Well, then, if he's offered a contract by Bellator, I think I want him on my Natural Born killer show. Right. So I'm trying to lock in the date for, with TJ, TJP for that, too. So. Yeah. And then we have the Natural Born Killers 2, the follow-up to the hugely successful Natural Born Killers hosted by Killer Cross. Hopefully, he brings Scarlett with him again. I'll be yeah. there. If he does, I'll, and be that'll there. Be, I'll be there either way. And that'll be Friday, December 13th, and coinciding with uh, the UFC event that'll be here in Las Vegas the 14th. So, if people want to um, to buy tickets to the Mecca event, they do it at futurestarsofwrestling.com. Correct. If they
0: want to see, you have a pay-per-view going with that one? Yes, on
1: Fight TV. Fight.tv. Yeah. It's going to air live. So, this is the first time. like we've We've filmed the pay-per-view and aired it a week later. Yeah, but this is the first time we are, we, and we've done a couple things on Twitch, but this is the first time we are going live on pay-per-view, and it, it's a super card, so hopefully we can, uh, you know, get some people to uh, check us out, you know, hopefully the wrestlers are promoted and say, hey, Matt Seidel, hey, I got a big match with Pentagon, so maybe somebody who likes Matt Seidel from... Pittsburgh, who doesn't know what FSW is, sees Matt Seidel, who, who he does. So it's not like, hey, I'm calling him out. A lot of our guys are good. They're, you know, I've seen Pentagon, Phoenix, Gotch, Elgin, all those guys, you know, retweeting the fight stuff and, and, and things like that. So hopefully uh, it's the start of more big things to come because we're looking to really do more than one Mecca every six months when Ring of Honor's here. Absolutely. You know, hopefully AEW comes back again. They're supposed to for double or nothing. Uh, we were scouting around for things, to looking at maybe a Sunday show, but we believe uh, that Friday night, uh, it works in Chicago with AEW, which is a very big company out there, that they run the Friday of AEW weekend yeah. and draw big numbers. So... We're definitely interested. And if you're a
0: fan of the show, you're listening right now, do us a favor, give uh, give them a follow on Twitter and on Instagram.
1: Yes, FSW Vegas.
0: FSW Vegas. So you will be able to see what's going on with them and keep track of their upcoming shows and help them spread the word because that's what all these guys need is is, is everyone's gener- or organic help in spreading the word. This is a very fun wrestling organization to watch. They are amongst the very best in the world. Now... Just a quick reminder for you that my name is Glenn King. My Twitter is GlennKingXXX, that's with two N's, so G-L-E-N-N-K-I-N-G-X-X-X. I should probably get a second Twitter, maybe one for the podcast, since I'm sort of separating my life as an adult film director from my life as a podcast interviewer a little bit these days, but for now, that's how you can find me on Twitter. Of course you can find our podcast everywhere. We're on Spreaker, we're on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify everywhere. We do appreciate you listening and we would love it if you would click that subscribe button and give us a 5-star review. And uh also, if you want to send us mail, yep, we have an email address now. It's mail at matureaudiencesmayhem.com. So give us a shout. Let us know who you want to see. If you are a wrestler or an entertainment person of any kind and you want to be on the show, get in touch with us. If you want to sponsor the show, get in touch with us. We would love to hear from everybody with your thoughts on the show. Thank you so much, Joe DeFalco, the Absolutely. Vince McMahon of Vegas. Yes.
1: The legend
0: of Always Vince. puts a smile on my face. There I you go, it. Joe DeFalco.
1: If I only had I if only had one tenth of his money, <laughs> I'd be an extremely happy man. Wouldn't we all wish yes. for that? There you go everybody, Joe DeFalco. All right. Thank you so much.